sharing some of my favorite books for early elementary children on the Middle Ages and the Renaissance. Welcome to the Simply Charlotte Mason podcast. I'm Sonia Schaefer. You know, if there's one thing Charlotte Mason homeschoolers love to do, it's talk about our favorite books. I think every Charlotte Mason meeting I've ever attended had at least one conversation going on. What books do you suggest for this time period in these grades? Or, hey, got any new favorite read-alouds? And I love to hear conversations like that because they confirm just how much the living ideas in those great books can take root in our hearts and minds and live life right along with us. They become a part of us like nothing else can. So I thought I would share with you some of my favorite books for different subjects and grade levels. We're going to take them in short, focused segments, and let's spread them out over the episodes because I have a lot of favorites. These book conversations are not going to be back-to-back. We'll do them regularly, but we will intermix them with other topics in order to keep a good variety in this podcast. Hmm. Short, focused segments, wide variety, Charlotte Mason Principles. Now, I would love to keep these favorite book episodes as an open conversation, just like the ones I hear in person at Charlotte Mason events. One person shares her favorite books, and others mention their favorites, so that together we all keep learning about new titles and gaining even more options for great living books that help us all grow. Today, I want to share seven of my favorite books for first through third grade. And these are going to be focused on the Middle Ages and the Renaissance. Now, at that grade level, I mainly just want to expose the student to what life was like in that time period and give her an introduction to a few of the key characters who lived then. But that introduction must be made through those people's stories. I don't want to give just dry facts. The stories are what will teach my children the most about those people and the obstacles that they overcame and the life lessons that they learned. In other words, those stories will give them those vital living ideas. Now remember, in grades 1 through 3, the teacher is expected to read aloud the history books to the children. So when I say that these books are for 1st through 3rd grade, I don't mean that they're on that reading level that a first grader could read these on her own, I mean that the content and the length are appropriate for first through third graders as you read the book aloud to them. Oh, these are all great books. There really isn't one that I like more than the others, so let's go in alphabetical order. And I'll put the historical dates beside the titles in the blog post. So if you're curious about the chronological order, Follow the link in the show notes that will take you to the blog post. You'll find the corresponding dates there if you want them. All right, first, Brother Francis and the Friendly Beasts by Margaret Hodges. This is one of my favorites. This book introduces St. Francis of Assisi. It has beautiful illustrations, well-written sentences, not twaddle, and picturesque language that conveys living ideas. For example, here's a little bit from the book. 
One evening, when Francis and another brother were eating in the open air, a nightingale began to sing close by. Whenever the bird paused, Francis took up the song, and so they went on all night long singing together, the small brown bird and the man with the bright face under his brown hood. Isn't that great? You can picture it in your mind's eye as you hear it or read it. This book is short enough to read in one sitting, but it's lovely enough that your child will probably want to revisit it again and again. It looks like a picture book, and I guess it is one technically, but there's a difference between a twaddly picture book and a good living picture book. Maybe I'll do an episode on how to pick good picture books one of these days. Just remember, don't disqualify all picture books. Some are great living books that will add a lot of value to your child's education. All right, second book, Castle Diary, The Journal of Tobias Burgess by Richard Platt. Tobias, or Toby for short, is an 11-year-old who's sent to his uncle's castle to serve as a page. He keeps a journal of what happens during his year there and the jobs that he does. So the book chronicles, in an interesting and personal and sometimes humorous way, everyday tasks in a medieval castle, like baking bread and cleaning out the toilets, something that many children would be curious about, plus special events like wild boar hunts and tournaments. The book is longer, but it's easily divided into sections because the entries are dated. The front has a labeled drawing of the castle locations that are mentioned in the diary notes, and the back of the book has a whole section called Toby's World that gives more information about noblemen and weaponry, suits of armor, and battle strategies during the Middle Ages. Next, Marguerite Makes a Book by Bruce Robertson. In this story, you'll learn how handcrafted books were made during the Middle Ages as you get to know Marguerite and her family, who live in Paris, France. When Marguerite's father becomes ill and cannot complete the manuscript he's been working on, Marguerite steps in to finish the book for a patron on a deadline. The story walks you through all of the craftsmen who were involved, as well as the intricate steps and skills that were needed to create an illuminated manuscript. It plants the ideas that will give a deeper understanding of just how life-changing Gutenberg's printing process was and how that invention helped to usher in the Renaissance. A Medieval Feast by Aliki. The king is making a long journey and decides to stop at Camdenton Manor on his route. The lord and lady of the manor must prepare a feast for the royal party, about a hundred people. So the rest of the book shows all that went into making, serving, and eating a medieval feast. There's a main storyline along the bottom of each page, accompanied by intricate illustrations that also give more details about that aspect of life in the Middle Ages. It's a simple yet fascinating book that includes the unusual dishes that sometimes appeared at a medieval feast, such as a peacock cooked 
and then reassembled with its feathers, and four and twenty blackbirds baked in a pie, and a cockentrice, which was a capon and a small pig, that were cut in half, stuffed, and then sewn together again, each to the other's half. Here's another great book, Pippo the Fool by Tracy Fern. I recently read a wonderful biography about Brunelleschi and the famous dome that he designed for the Cathedral of Santa Maria del Fiore in Florence. Well, this book gives young readers a great introduction to Pippo, as he was called. Its short text is well-written, and it offers living ideas. Pippo's creativity, his endurance in the face of adversity and ridicule, and even his quick temper are all portrayed in the story along with their respective consequences. It's another great picture book that will teach your children a lot. The Sword in the Tree by Clyde Robert Bulla this story takes place during the days of King Arthur. The adventure begins when a treacherous uncle arrives at Weldon Castle, the home of a young boy, Shan, and his family. Not long after that uncle's arrival, Shan's father mysteriously disappears, and Shan and his mother must flee. Outside the castle walls, Shan vows to do whatever it takes to get back what is rightfully his family's. His quest takes him as far as Camelot and the court of King Arthur. It has excellent ink illustrations scattered throughout the chapters, too. Then, here's another great one by Clyde Robert Bulla, same author as The Sword in the Tree. This one is called Viking Adventure. Clyde Robert Bulla was a great children's author, by the way, who wrote lots of books. Many of them are out of print right now, but keep your eyes open for them. You might be able to find them used. Some of his books, your third grader might be able to read for himself. This one is a great Viking adventure tale that's appropriate for younger children. Sigurd grows up learning how to be brave and strong, how to swim and to run, to fight with a sword and to use a bow and arrow. Above all, he desires adventure. He hears the stories that his father tells of the days when he went exploring and of all the adventures that befell him, and Sigurd wants his chance at adventure too. When he is presented with an opportunity to learn how to read and write, he brushes it aside, only focusing on an adventure. But when he finally has his adventures, he finds he wants to preserve those stories forever. So in the end, he decides to learn how to read and write in order to do that. Well, those are seven of my favorite books, and they are all scheduled in our curriculum for first through third grade as part of our study on the Middle Ages, Renaissance, Reformation, and Epistles. Those seven books don't get into the Reformation, but the books recommended for older students do. If you're studying that time period with your students, you can just work your way through the list of books at your own pace. Or we have daily lesson plans available. Those daily plans will schedule all of those books throughout the year, so you know which ones to read, when, and how much to read in one sitting. The plans also give narration reminders, teaching tips, exam questions, 
and all of the other books that we recommend for that time period for all of the grades 1st through 12th. The daily lesson plans include Bible and geography lessons, too. I'll talk about all of those other books another time. Feel free to download the free sample of daily lesson plans and see if those plans will help you save time and stay organized. I'll leave a link to them in the show notes. All right, I've got to give you three bonus books. It's hard to narrow down your favorites. These are also great books, and they would work wonderfully if your young student wants to learn even more about the Middle Ages and the Renaissance. First bonus book, The Apple and the Arrow, by Mary and Conrad Buff. This one looks like a picture book, but it's really more of a chapter book with pictures. You won't want to read the whole thing in one sitting. It recounts the famous story of William Tell through the eyes of his son, Walter. It plants the seed of patriotism, and at the same time, it encourages your child to enlarge his mind and realize that those living in other countries can feel just as patriotic about their countries as he does about his. It's a great book. Also, another bonus book, Leaf the Lucky by the Dollairs. I hope many of you are familiar with the wonderful biographical picture books by the Dollairs. Originally, they were written in the 1940s, and now they have been brought back into print by Beautiful Feet Books. These are living picture books at their best. This one introduces the Norse explorer, Leif Erikson, to your children. It's accompanied by elaborate Norse decorations around the illustrations and the text. Once again, though they can be considered picture books, their narrative is excellent. Here's the beginning of Leif the Lucky. Leif stood on sturdy feet on the prow of his father's Viking ship as he sailed across the snowstorm sea. The brine stung his tanned cheeks and the wind tore at his hair. His eyes were keen as the eyes of a snake and blue as steel as he watched the rows of waves rising like a thousand fences between him and his new home in the West. It's brilliant. Such descriptive text. It allows you to see it all vividly in your mind's eye. And consider that idea. The waves were like a thousand fences between Leaf and his new home. It's just wonderful. And it's typical Dahlair. Look for their books. All right, the last bonus book to share with you is called The Minstrel in the Tower by Gloria Skrzynski. Alice and Roger's father has gone on the Crusades, and their mother is gravely ill. The children go in search of their uncle, whom they've never met, but hoping that he might help. Along the way, they have adventures that reveal different aspects of life in the Middle Ages. A special loot with a family crest, is the key to their success. I won't tell you how it turns out. A short chapter book that your young children are sure to enjoy. All right, those are my favorite books for grades 1 through 3, covering the Middle Ages and the Renaissance. Do you have some of your own? What other living books do you recommend for younger children studying that time period? Leave a comment, and let's talk books. 
If you enjoyed this video, subscribe through iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, or your favorite podcast app so you don't miss an episode. You can also subscribe to the audio version of this podcast or read the blog post on our website at simplycharlottemason.com. All of those links will be in the notes, along with links to other resources that I mentioned. Don't forget, if you want to see the dates for each of these books, follow the link to the blog post. Thanks for joining me. I'll see you next time.